The scripture today is Matthew 24, 36 through 44 in the English Standard Version. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and one left. Therefore stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. The word of the Lord. So my earliest uh, memories of Advent, I was a young child, and uh, it was the lowest tech thing ever. It was like an 8.5 by 11 cardboard thing that had 24 little doors cut in them. Did anybody else have that? And you'd have these little bitty doors. And, you know, you know as, as silly as that sounded, I still was like, I'd get up with something to do, you know? And you'd sort of open, and it'd be a little dog with a Christmas present or something. And you'd count down the days, and it was sort of that. For, for me, it was kind of the prep to Christmas day. So like any good idea, um, the world's found ways to make it a little bit worse. So, um, you know, nothing, nothing quite says Santa now like a depressed Santa mourning 24 political policies that don't suit the Labor Party of the UK. So now there's the, the advent calendar, the political advent calendar. Now you have also the, the deep denial of the early church fathers is reflected in the Siate nail polish advent calendar. You can each get one little 24 ounce, one, one ounce bottle of nail polish. If you have one, there's no condemnation. But, um, and need I say more, you've got the Darth Maul Lego calendar, Star Wars advent calendar to remind you of the season. Um, there are, if you go, there are thousands of advent calendars and all of them miss the point. Because it's not about waiting, it's about what you get, it's about them telling you something, it's about communicating something. Um, Advent for me was a season that I didn't uh, really appreciate because I really didn't want Jesus to come back, frankly. Because I was young and I had lots of things I wanted to do. And he was going to interrupt my plans if he showed up. Anybody else felt that way? Like, all right, wait until after I get married, after I have kids, after I do all the things I want to do, and then I'll be glad to see you. Also, I, I, frankly, I wasn't that needy. All my needs were met. It wasn't until I was in a third world country and I found that the themes of Advent really resonated with people who longed to see a better day because they knew things weren't right and they were living in impoverished conditions. And they sang, Come Lord Jesus, with an entirely new idea than I ever had. Um, 
So I say that not as a, as a means of condemnation of me or, or you or anyone else, but we're going to talk for a few weeks about what it means to wait because, see, something isn't right in this world. And Advent speaks to this theme that we, we shouldn't expect in this world for every need that we have to be met. And that there is an appropriate waiting to see the culmination of what God is doing because we're, we're in between. See, the first act began as He created and there was a tremendous high point of when God came the first time. And we identify with that. But He's also coming a second time. And we're, the Bible says, to look forward to that as well. One of my least favorite places in the world is waiting rooms of any sort. I don't like waiting rooms. When I walk in, my blood pressure almost always goes up when I walk into a waiting room. If I have a waiting room that looks like this when I walk in, I have to decide if I'm sick enough to stay. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Do I really feel bad enough that I want to, because I know the waiting has just begun. Even the, the name waiting room is just, it depresses me. Could you go sit in the waiting room? You know why? There's several reasons why. Just, first of all, I have no idea the appointment I've made is actually going to be kept. Because, you know, I have made appointments for, you know, two in the afternoon, and I get there at two, and usually when I have an appointment at two, I start at two, but you, we all know, we've all been there, and at 2.30 or 3, and I'm like, why bother making an appointment if you can't? And I understand from a physician's point of view, there's all sorts of things. I get that, but I'm just telling you from my whiny point of view why <laughs> you get there and you say, why do it? The second reason that I think it, it's so depressing is I have no idea how long I'll actually be there. I, I, you know, half hour, hour, two hours? One time, no lie, I get there, I'd waited for over an hour, and I go up to the receptionist and I say, you know, uh, I'm still waiting for my appointment. And she says, oh, did no one tell you he had to go to a hospital run? He's gone for the day. You know, my blood pressure, now I need to go somewhere else just to get blood pressure medicine to bring it down from the waiting room. (laughs) And the third thing is, is that I don't know if the waiting will be productive. Because when you go in and you're sitting in a waiting room, you could end up being there and looking like this in about <laughs> six days where you're, you continue to wait. And what happens is, is that I'm afraid they're just going to say, well, it hasn't, it hasn't reached its full course yet. Or if it's, you know, whatever, they just, you know, go home and call us when it gets really bad. And I'm like, but I look like a skeleton. So why, why do I tell you all this? Because... Sometimes I think with God, we give up. When he says wait on him, it is one of the main themes throughout the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. There's this theme of wait on the Lord. And sometimes I think we equate it with something like in a waiting room where we don't know. We don't, was God ever going to answer us? Are we ever going to know why or what or how? What what is this, Lord? Maybe I'll just give up. Maybe I, it, it's not that bad because I seem to have been waiting so long for you. I want to explore with you because it's, 
In a, in a little bit, it's like in a waiting room, but it's mostly not like that because rather than old magazines from the 1970s that you may find, we have a book that answers a couple of questions. Not only what does it mean to wait on the Lord, but why and what happens while we wait on Him. And over the next four weeks, we're going to be exploring that because we're going to find out that waiting on Him is not time-passing. It's part of the process of what He has intended us to do. Waiting is not wasting time. It is an active response to what God has called us to. So, let's dive in just a little bit. Um, If you've got your Bible, I'll uh, encourage you to open to Psalm 130. Psalm 130. There's waiting and then there's waiting. What I mean by that is there's waiting like he's not coming. It's when the lady said, apologetically I might add, but said, I'm sorry, the doctor is gone and it hit me. He's not coming. Whatever I was there for, which now I have no idea why I was there, but it hit me, he's not coming. And there was this despair of I'm not going to get the help I need. And sometimes when we wait, we think, there's nothing coming that's really going to help me. And this is what drives people to do things in desperation. People get depressed and despairing to the point of taking their own lives sometimes, and the reason is they're hopeless, that anything will get better. And I'm not, I'm not being overly dramatic. This, this is a regular occurrence in a world that is filled with hopelessness. But waiting on the Lord is not like that. Psalm 130 says this, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, Lord, should mark sins, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there's forgiveness that you may be feared. Listen to this. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in His word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning, more than the watchman for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love. With Him there is plentiful redemption, and He will redeem Israel from all its sins." The first thing, and this is the first week of Advent, it speaks to we wait, we do wait, but we wait with hope. Listen to this, because this may be the the, the takeaway that you need from this, is that if you wait until you know why, and you're waiting to have the whys of this world, why did such and such happen, you may be led to despair because waiting is, it doesn't say wait for the answer, does it? The Bible never says wait for the answer to every question you have. I got some questions that, man, God and I, I really want to know the answer to some whys. I have a feeling that when I get to the who, the whys won't matter quite so much. We are always told to wait not for the answer, but for the Lord to wait for the who. This may shock you, but my wife was a couple of minutes late for our wedding. 
she was getting ready, and she's pretty much an on-time person. I, you know, I like most grooms. I'm I'm in the back. I actually had gotten out earlier and played some music that calmed me down. So a friend and I played some guitar uh, before the wedding, just for whoever was there early, and then we went into the back, and the appointed hour came, and. I looked down and I was, you know, waiting for the wedding coordinator to say, it's your time. And I was still waiting. And a few minutes went by and I was still waiting. But you know what? I had no doubt she was no runaway bride. She was the one. She was more sure we were going to get married than I was. (laughs) I knew she was going to show up. I just didn't know exactly when. I knew it was coming, and I knew that what, what she was coming to tell me wasn't, wow, our perfect life is about to start, and that you'll know everything the day you see me coming down the aisle, that every riddle of marriage that you might have will be answered. What I knew was our status was going to change in a few moments. I didn't know exactly when but I knew it was coming, and so I waited with hope. Let me just tell you this. For those of you who wonder about various things in your life, I wonder too, but you can wait with hope because He's about to come. I don't know when. I don't know if it'll be a second or a minute or a day or a week or a year or a century, but it doesn't really matter, does it? Because I know my time is limited. I don't have that long. But I'm going to see Him face to face, and so are you if you've trusted in Jesus Christ, if you know Him. You will go to sleep one day on this life, and you will wake up, and you will be in His presence. And every question you have, every why, will be answered with a who. Because He will be there. And when I saw Nancy, she was all I could think about. All the other questions didn't really matter, and the time I'd spent waiting was gone and never to be remembered except during this sermon. (laughs) Waiting on the Lord with hope and with expectation means you may not get the answers you want along the way. We want to know the answers to the various questions of life, but like that few minutes that I waited, I think those will ultimately pass away. And this life, being a breath and being a vapor, will be fulfilled in what we know and see. Waiting on the Lord, the Bible also teaches us, is to seek God in the meantime, unlike being in a waiting room and trying to just have the time pass. Lamentations, the book of Lamentations, which is in the middle of the Old Testament past Song of Solomon, chapter 3, verse 25. It's actually past Jeremiah, sorry. Lamentations 3.25 gives us a clue as to what it means to wait on the Lord, not with passivity, but with activeness. It says this, it's Lamentations 3.25, The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the soul who seeks Him. It is good that one should wait quietly to see the salvation of the Lord. The salvation of the Lord, that word, means the day when He puts all things right. Salvation, sozo in in Greek, 
is the day not just when we come to become Christians. We think of that as salvation. It's the day he sets everything right. And he began that process when he saved us from our sins. And he's going to complete that process when he comes again for us. There's a story that's associated with Advent that is the story in Luke of John the Baptist's parents waiting, Zechariah and his mother Elizabeth. And what we learn from that in Luke 1, verse 12, Zechariah sees an angel. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, the angel, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Don't be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. I want to close with this thought. Elizabeth and Zechariah, like all faithful Jews at that time, were waiting for one thing, and that was to see the Messiah come. And we see this theme all throughout the, before Jesus arrives, that righteous Jews were waiting for the Messiah, the Christ, who was going to set things right with their nation. But Zechariah and Elizabeth were also waiting for God's fulfillment for their particular gap in their life, the lack of a child. And in one fell swoop within a very short period of time, God answers both prayers. Now, he didn't have to answer their prayer for a child as well. That was simply a grace that God bestowed on them. But Messiah was basically in their midst, already growing within Mary. For us, I don't know what you long for. I don't know what you want to see. I don't know if you're in the waiting room and you just wish the doctor would come out. But the Bible tells us that we should not only be waiting, seeking the Lord and waiting with hope, but that just like the Scripture Dana read this morning, it says, wait with expectation of His coming. Imagine if the protocol at the doctor's office was for you to not only be sitting there waiting, but to be expectant at the door that it would open, that as soon as that door opened, everyone in the room would rise up thinking it was their appointment, that you were just waiting with bated breath for that door to open. I don't wait in a doctor's office like that, but I can tell you I waited to be married like that. Every sound and every time the door opened for the little chamber where we were waiting, my heart leapt a little bit because I thought, is this the one? Is this the time when I, I go? And my jaw by that point had shut tight because I was so tense. I couldn't even open my mouth. There was so much energy going. And I thought, I'm going to see the who of the person that's going to change my life more than any other human will in this day. Today can be a day for you to see that happen because Jesus Christ has opened the door and has said, I'm here. I'm ready to meet you. I have come. I have made a way. There will be a time when a door will open in the heavens and He will come bodily and we will see Him again. 
And at that point, he says, for those of us who have known him, it'll be the fulfillment of a longing. You don't have to wait until that time. You can know him now. You can have that expectation fulfilled. He may give you a baby along the way. We don't know. Remember the, the, the psalm we read today says, He will give you the desires of your heart as you trust and wait upon Him. You don't even know the desires of your heart. Can I tell you that? Hear that, please. You think you know the desires of your heart. You think you might want a bigger house or a better job or more kids or less kids or different kids <laughs> or something. He knows the desires of your heart. And I can tell you from my personal experience, He will change your heart to His desires as you give your heart to Him. And as you do that, He not only gives you a new heart, but He fulfills the desires that you always had that you never even knew. We're going to take a little journey over the next few weeks of Advent of looking at what it means and how people have waited and are waiting, and Scriptures fill no scriptural character of any standing in Scripture did anything but wait. We'll start with Moses. We'll start with Abraham. We'll work our way through to Paul and others, and they waited and they waited and they waited. And those who waited well saw God's hand, and those who tried to help God along the way saw the folly of that. Let's wait well because the Lord is opening the door. He's at the ready. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, we thank You for the goodness that You show to us. Lord, You are so willing to change us as we wait with hope. Lord, we will see the way You shaped Your people as they waited upon You. Lord, we thank You for this season of Advent. Lord, that speaks of the time between those comings. Lord, as we celebrate and look forward to the celebration of Your coming to earth as a human, and we celebrate even more Your coming to earth as God. Lord, we pray that in those in-between times, our waiting would be marked by anticipation. Would be marked with the hope and the knowledge that You're coming. That You arrive just at the right time. You've never been late. You've never been early. Lord, though it may not seem so to us, Lord, fill us with anticipation. Fill us with hope. If you're here or you're listening to these words and you're ready to open the door and you're ready to say, yes, come, Lord Jesus, come into my life now. It's as easy as simply acknowledging your need for Him. The sin which has prevented you from knowing Him and opening wide your heart and saying, Come in, Lord. I trust You. I believe You. I think You've done everything that is needed. 
take me, Lord Jesus. going to give a, a moment for the Lord to speak to us just in silence. If you could just open your heart up and say, Lord, what would you have for me this morning? Let's just listen to him for a few seconds in silence before we close. <laughs> 